In July 2011, seven people gathered in my wife Heather and I's living room to begin praying about being a part of a new church and a work of God in the city of Pearl. And at that moment, this church didn't have a name, it didn't have a place to meet, and it didn't have a dollar to our name. And over the next year and a half, God turned that team of seven into a team of 35 people. God provided us with a place to meet for free, and we launched our Sunday gatherings on August the 12th, 2012, inside of a local inflatable and entertainment business called Kids Rock. We met at Kids Rock for five months, and then we moved to the Pearl Lower Elementary Cafeteria for six months. And then in July 2013, after seven months of renovation, we moved into our current space at Bright Shopping Center, debt-free. Over the last decade, God has done some incredible things in and through our current space. We've seen hundreds of people find relationship with Jesus and many more connect with our faith family. And by the time we had reached five years old as a church, we were already holding multiple Sunday gatherings and we were out of space. We began actively praying and searching for more space and one of the places towards the top of that list was Rankin Square Shopping Center on Highway 80 through the main stretch of our city. After nearly three years of keeping our eyes on this space and praying that God would make a way in April of 2020 towards the very beginning of the pandemic, God opened up this space and we began to pursue it. For months, we went back and forth with the ownership, learning more about the space and eventually placing one offer and then another and each time those offers were rejected. They were rejected to the point that the ownership finally sent us an email saying they were no longer even interested in discussions with us, which was really difficult to hear because at that time we saw what we thought could be the potential that this new space could have for our church. As we processed this news, one of the members of our building team, Mike Turnbow, had a conversation with a neighbor of his named Robert Brown. Robert and his business partner, Lee Brumfield, they own Storage Choice, literally right across the street from Rankin Square. And they had previously tried to buy the shopping center as well. Lee and Robert expressed interest in maybe trying to buy the shopping center together. And so we met with them and we shared the vision of our church and they agreed to purchase the shopping center together, splitting 75,000 square feet, 50-50. So we put our best offer on the table, Storage Choice matched that offer. And as the exchange, we then presented that offer to the ownership and again, it was rejected. Man, it was completely deflating because we thought that was our chance to get the space. So we again met with Lee and Robert. We told them we were very much still interested in the deal with them, but we had offered the max that we could afford at that time. And Lee and Robert said, let us pray about it. We'll get back with you. And a few days later, I got a call from Lee who said they really, really wanted to make this deal work. So they wanted to place $200,000 more into the offer but still split the space 50-50, and they would then take over negotiations. So they took over the negotiations, they made the offer, and the ownership accepted it. Over and over again, we had tried to close the door, but God wouldn't let us do it. When we thought the negotiations were over, God provided Lee and Robert. When we thought that we had maxed out the amount of money that we could offer to the negotiations, Lee and Robert added an additional $200,000 to the deal. There was absolutely no explanation. But God. I'll never forget Monday, February the 8th, because that afternoon I got a phone call from Lee Brumfield. And it was the next to last day of our due diligence to check out our side of the building. And Lee called me to let us know that the money would go hard. It would be locked in at 5 p.m. the next day. He expressed how excited he was to see what God would do through this new space for our church. But no one could have predicted what would happen next. The next morning, Tuesday, February 9th, I got a phone call from Mike Turnbow informing me that that morning, Lee had been killed. Lee was killed walking his dog along the beach highway in Gulfport where he lived. 
and we were heartbroken and speechless. While we did our best to love and offer care to Lee's friends and family, we realized that this could completely end the deal on Rankin Square at literally the last minute. For the next week, we didn't know if the deal was on or if it was off. It was Lee's assets that Storage Choice planned to use to actually purchase the building. And we got word that the deal was off. And we shared that news with our staff team and we decided that God was officially closing the door. As we sat in this moment of great uncertainty, we found out that Lee's family was faced with the hard decision of whether or not to go through with the deal. Lee's greatest desire was that people would come to know Jesus and he believed that that was happening through the exchange. So as a part of Lee's legacy and the heart of generosity that he lived by, Lee's family decided to go through with the purchase. Yet again, God blew our minds with his perfect timing and his perfect provision that absolutely no one could have ever predicted. So in March, 2021, Storage Choice purchased the whole shopping center. And then a few weeks later on April 16th, 2021, we signed papers to purchase our half of the shopping center from Storage Choice. Not only did we purchase half of the shopping center, but we were able to pay $475,000 in cash, paying for it in full. Through eight years of wise stewardship and God's people faithfully giving and trusting Him, we were able to purchase the very space that we had been praying for for years. The deal happened in such a way that the exchange's name wasn't even on the initial purchasing contract, and no one saw that coming. This new space on the main thoroughfare of our city offers more than three times the square footage of our current space. And since day one of the exchange, God has specialized in taking what was old and making it new again. And we believe that God wants to continue to do the same thing physically and spiritually in this new space. We've said it often that we are living in a modern day miracle. We've watched God grow us from seven people in a living room to now a movement of hundreds of people who are getting and finding life in Jesus and then giving and sharing that life with others. We've watched God provide for our every need in miraculous ways that leave no doubt it was all His work and His faithfulness to us. Good morning, church family. How are we doing? Good. Man, can we celebrate just God's uh, favor and His faithfulness, even in the stories that we just heard? Yeah, I think we could say, uh, man, that literally us sitting here today in this moment is a miracle. Um, there's a whole lot of things in what you just heard in that story that don't make any sense at all. Um, but man, God has shown himself over and over and over. There's other uh, things along the journey of the last two and a half years that uh, we couldn't put into that piece, but that were the miraculous hand and favor and goodness of God. And so today we're sitting here on a day called Miracles on Miracles. And I don't know how you feel about that word, um, but we're not just one. At least I'm not one just to throw that word around, Okay. Um, but today we're going to sit here and we're going to celebrate together what I believe is the miraculous work of God, that it's things that he did that we could not do, ways that he worked that we could not work on our own, that we did not see coming, even like the ones that you already just heard just a second ago. Um, you know, since day one, as you heard in that video, God has done miraculous things even through our faith family. Not many of you were there on day one, uh, but God's added you to the mix over the last years. And so I want you to know God's faithfulness to our family. I also want you to know that, that part of who we are, one of the five values of our faith family, we say, is exchanging forgetting for celebrating. And we purposefully put that value in our DNA 11 years ago because here's what we said. We said, man, we want to be really good at celebrating and acknowledging and seeing the work and the movement of God, and we want to be quick to celebrate it. 
that there's no work of God that's too small. There's no work of God that's too big for us to celebrate. We're a, we're a culture that's great at negativity and complaining. We wake up doing that. So what would it look like for us to man, take on the character of Christ in our celebration? And so today we're going to do that together. That's what we're going to do together. And there's a verse that I want to read to you to kind of set the tone for today from Psalm chapter 40, um, verse 5. This is a verse that we identify with our core values. And it's really become one of my favorite verses over the last 12 years. Here's what it says. It says, many, Lord, my God, are the wonders that you've done, the things that you plan for us. None can compare with you. And here's my favorite part of the verse. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. And I'll just say to you today, like, absolutely. Absolutely. And so today, we're going to speak and we're going to tell of his deeds. And here's where I hope that we end today. Just overwhelmed with gratitude. I pray today, you don't, you don't just hear stories or a few numbers that we'll give, but that you walk out of this moment and you're just like, good gracious. Like, God is so good. And he's a promise maker, and he's a promise keeper, and why would I ever doubt him in my life? That's where I hope that you end today. And so today we're going to tell you a little bit of a story, a little bit of a journey. We're going to insert um, some uh, facts and, and things that you need to know along the way. Um, but to do that, I didn't want you just to hear my voice, but I wanted you to hear uh, two of the closest people to me in my whole life who are a huge part of what God does here. Um, first, this is Miss Jerry McKnight. Uh, Jerry's been on our staff team for almost nine years. Jerry does a million things behind the scenes uh, as one of our administrative assistants. Um, primary missions keep me in check. She does a pretty good job of that most days. Uh, but, uh, man, she's one of the, the sweetest, Jesus-loving people that I know who has given her life for the last decade for our faith family. And then uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, Josh Jordan, who's a part of our staff team for almost 10 years. And uh, he's our worship and creative pastor. That's what you know. Um, but what you may not know is that uh, about two and a half years ago, as we stepped into this journey of the building and some of those conversations, uh, I walked into his office one day and I said, man, I need a right-hand guy just who can hear all the things that I don't hear and be in conversations. And he said yes. He didn't know what he was stepping into, but man, I'm glad he said yes. Uh, two and a half years later, I'm still dragging him through it. But uh, man, both of these people love Jesus deeply. They love you deeply. They've given their lives over the last decade to serve um, you. And so I want them to speak into some of this today. So here's what's going to happen over the next little bit. All right. Um, it's going to be unique. Okay. We're not going to get preachy at you, uh, but we're going to talk to you about the favor and the faithfulness of God. And you go, why would you spend a whole day and not preach and do that? Um, well, because I think it's good and right and biblical. <laughs> For us to celebrate and acknowledge when God does good things. Okay, and so, man, I, I pray that that's where we get to today. So we're going to take you on kind of an up and down journey of the reality of where we've been and then what God's done. And so just to kind of get that started, to pick up from where the video left off, April of 2021, when we purchased um, half of the Rankin Square Shopping Center, 35,000 square feet, uh, more than triple what we currently have here. Uh, we've been maxed out of this space for quite some time. Uh, you felt that. And so we began conversations with an architect, and uh, we had months of conversations with a, a professional certified architect. He laid out plans for us to maximize that space, to be what we would need it to be to service us um, as a church family. So we spent a season that. We also had a contractor who was a part of our church family uh, named Mike Turnbow. He'd been a contractor for 30, 40 years, and he stepped in and began to take over most of the building part of that project. 
um, because we play guitar and we preach, but we're not great at building. And so uh, Mike stepped in and he helped us over the course of really a couple of years do some of the improvements that you've seen if you've driven by on Highway 80. Uh, we put kind of a fresh coat of paint on the outside. We've uh, expanded the entryway into the building. We've thrown up a new pylon sign. We've installed a drainage system that had to be put in in the parking lot. And then on the inside, uh, it was a long, slow, but now it's been a full demolition of 35,000 square, uh, square feet. I get that question all the time. Man, what's inside the building? And the answer is, well, nothing. <laughs> Nothing's in there right now. Um, but we got a big old box that we're working with. So that's kind of been the journey of, of what's happened what we've physically done the last little while, um, and all of those improvements were able to be covered and provided for um, by the faithful giving of God's people um, to Project Old Made New. And you're going to hear more about that in just a second, but as I said in the video, we spent $475,000 paid for in cash on the building, and then that allowed us to leave some margin in our account for a rainy day fund or if things went south. Um, but it was the faithfulness of God's people giving to him that allowed us to do the improvements that we've done so far. But I'd love for you to hear from uh, Josh for a few minutes because a year and a half ago, we did introduce what we're calling Project Old Made New. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, that journey and what that's looked like? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's, it's first and it's right to make sure that we're always looking through the lens of God went first. And so if we're talking about generosity and we're talking about faithfulness, we're talking about the fact that God went first in sending his son, Jesus. He was faithful to finish the work. He resurrected over death, hell, sin, and a grave. And we're just trying to live out the characteristics of what God has already painted the picture of. And so when we talk about generosity and we talk about the things that, quote, unquote, we might have done, I mean, let's just remember that I mean, we're doing it as a reflection of who God is and what he's done first. Um, so I guess to, to maybe answer the question um, in traditional terminology, if you will, um, and we, we launched a capital campaign or a building initiative, if you will, uh, back in April of 2022 that we called Project Old Made New. And what we were aiming for in that was 24 months of intentional, sacrificial giving of our faith family above and beyond tithes and offerings. And every dollar that was raised in that two years of capital campaign would go directly towards the renovation of a new space. And so in that month leading up to the ask at the end of that uh, month of April, uh, we did a series called Old Made New. And we told the stories of legacy and faithfulness and life change and who we want to be as a house because we're talking a lot today about a physical property, um, but the spiritual foundation and the health of this house will always go first. And so we were talking about what does it mean beyond brick and mortar? What does it mean to be flesh and bone? What does it mean to live a life that's reflective of Jesus? And at the end of that, we made the ask of the faith family, would you consider being a part of Project Old Made New? And 105 individuals or 105 households um, made an initial intentional step into and said, yes, I will. And we pledged on that day $443,000 that would be given over two years toward Project Old Made New, which is a pretty incredible thing to celebrate, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so let's, let's give you a snapshot of where we are now. So that's almost a year and a half ago. We're approaching the two-year mark. We're roughly 75% of the way through. So of those 105 individuals or households that participated, I want to give you some figures. Um, and these figures are going to be to the penny because I just want you to know that Wise Stewardship has always gone first. And we have watched every penny of every dollar and where it's going and what it's meant for. And so just to give you a snapshot, as of today, $198,635.30 has been given by those original 105 individuals or households that were a part of Project Old Main, which roughly works its way into about 45% of the original amount that was pledged. Okay? 
So on top of that, there were individuals that were not part of that original 105. Some of you may be those people that have come after that initial ask was made. And there are individuals that have given an additional $39,304.49 on top of what those original 105 project partners have given. And so that increases that percentage from 45% to about 62%. I mean, we celebrate that. We think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But we're gonna meet, we're gonna meet celebration with, with truth and reality. If we're 75% of the way through the Project Old Made New initiative, then ideally we would like to be at 75% of the funds raised so that we would actually be able to collect on the full pledged gift that was made at the beginning, correct? And so I just think that's a reality to acknowledge. And I think it's, it's probably right for us in this moment to acknowledge to you um, that we understand that we probably did not do the best job of setting proper expectations way back when in April of 2022 when we celebrated $443,000. We will always celebrate and we will lead with celebration and we did lead with celebration. So it's, it's a core value of our house, is it not? That we would exchange forgetting for celebrating and we have seen and we have watched the sacrifice of God's people in an inflated economy in the uncertainties of life that will hit you at any given moment and your faithfulness to continue to give. But here's where we take ownership. When we celebrated $443,000, we knew from the beginning, from very early conservative conversations and estimates, we knew that the project itself, including the roof, was going to be somewhere in the ballpark of $2 million. So here's the reality. We celebrate $443,000. We celebrate the money that has been given that gets us to 62% of that. But we knew early on that, that was not, those funds were not going to come from Project Old Made New alone. And so we take ownership of that. We understand that maybe we didn't do the best job of setting proper expectations. We knew that there was going to have to be another way. And I'll just be really honest and say, I wasn't able to define that way at that moment. But, man, God has been faithful. So there's two things going on at one time, obviously, man, we're working towards moving to a new space and the resources that it requires to get there. At the same time, the ministry of what we're all a part of doesn't shut down. All right? And for us, that goes first. And so, Ms. Jerry, for a moment, why don't you talk just for a second about what, is, what did it look like as our operating budget worked with what we were raising for uh, the building? Well, during all this time and all this that was going on, we were able to put $9,000 a month from our operating account into our building fund account, and that was a great thing. Mm -hmm. Now, in January of this year, when inflation became so real for all of us, we had to kind of pause that for a minute just to make sure that our ministry account was healthy you know, one of the core values of our staff is people over processes. That building down there is a process. It's a thing. Here is our church, right here, us. People watching online, across the hall in Kid Life, down the hall in Little Life, Wednesday night for Student Life, life groups and e-groups, and the people in our city that we serve and love on to make them know they are welcome here at a place they can find connection and the love of Jesus. We do all these programs in the schools, Christmas in the Park, Days of Giving, Trick or Treat Street, Easter Egg Hunt, I could go on and on. Oh, Thanksgiving meals, three o'clock this afternoon at the community That's center, right. be That's there. Right. 
this is um, a sort of a miracle to me that we could put that $9,000 into that building fund account, account for the time that we did. So coming into this summer, uh, four or five months ago, however you want to calculate it, uh, May of this summer, um, and the overflow from our operating account had stopped. Inflation was very real, and uh, there's a ton left to do on the building, just to be quite honest, a ton of work left to be done. But the funds were not fully there to begin to make substantial work happen. Um, just to be fully transparent, we were operating with around a couple hundred thousand dollars in that building account that was set aside for that. But to pull the trigger on any of the major construction work that needed to be done, if you're in the construction field at all, you know you can deplete that in a heartbeat. And uh, we would have been sitting at a place where we just had to stop. So also in the midst of that, we shared with you back during the summer that Mike Turnbow, who is a part of our church family, um, who gave his life for a couple of years, man, to that project, he had to transition off of the job because of personal health reasons. So here we are, um, man, with money tight, a ton of work left to be done, and the guy who's overseeing the project has had to step away from it. And um, it was a difficult season, man, of just trying to figure out what was next. And so we began to think about a little transition and how would we manage that um, in a wise way. And so in the midst of that, the biggest need that we were staring at um, was a roof, as Josh mentioned a while ago. Uh, if you saw maybe in that drone video, the roof on that building is old and it is bad. It's real bad. And so we had to make that go first before we did anything inside of the building. Well, we've been talking to roofing companies over the last couple of years, uh, trusted, accredited roofing companies in our area, and the quotes they were giving us were anywhere from $400,000 to $800,000 to put a roof over the full structure of our new building. Um, if you heard me just a second ago, we didn't have that. Like, we were nowhere close to that. There was a massive gap in front of us. And so a couple of months ago, um, we began to kind of think about what, what do we need to do? Because at the same time, we were having conversations with banks. Many of you have asked the question, why don't we get a loan, right? And that's how the things work. Well, when you don't have leverage, the bank doesn't want to talk to you. And so we were at a place where we really just decided, um, those who are part of our financing decisions, just decided we were at a place where we had to hit pause. And so that was not news that I wanted to process. I knew it wasn't what you wanted to hear. All right, everybody's wanting to know, when are we going to get in? Well, the answer is we're pausing because interest rates were so high. The money was not there to move forward, but yet we trusted that God had provided this space at some point to move into it. And so we got to a place where we um, hit pause. And just to put it as bluntly as possible, because I'm a pretty straight shooter, um, we, were, we were dead in the water. And I don't want to look at you and say that, but we were dead in the water. We had a structure that I believe God wants to use, but there was such a gap in front of us, I had no idea how would God ever close that gap. Um, and uh, just to be even more real with you, the last two and a half years of this journey where God's done some amazing things, and you've heard those, but to just bring you into my world, our world, over the last two and a half years, it has been, it's been the most trying thing that I've ever done in my 15 plus years of ministry to try to navigate a building, all right? That is a tool, it is a resource. I think God will use it for generations to come. But at the same time, as Miss Jerry said, you go first. 
And the, the people of our house and what's going on here goes first. And I would love to sit here and be like, man, for the last two and a half years, my faith has been so big and I've been praying and believing. But man, I'm just like you. And I have doubted many days. But I have to stand in front of you and man, try to speak of the faithfulness of God because that's what's true. But internally, man, there's been moments of doubt. And God, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to tell them. All right? And you've wanted to hear updates. And I'm like, no, you may not want to hear the update. Because it's just, it's slow right now, and it's not good, okay? So in the midst of that, um, man, we were staring at a mountain, and the first mountain was the roof. Like, we didn't have funds to get that much less to build out the inside of the building. Um, and then came Monday morning, uh, September the 25th, almost two months ago. I stopped in the midst of my morning before I came to the office, and, uh, man, I just prayed for a moment. And I was praying very specifically for our new space. And I'd love to tell you that I've been praying for the last two and a half years, big, bold, faith prayers, always believing was God was going to come through. But I'd be lying to you. Because, man, there's been a lot of days where I'm like, God, I'm going to pray, and I know what I preach, and I know what your word says, but I just know how far it is. And, uh, man, I stopped, and I prayed on that day, believing that God would provide, that he would move. Um, in fact, we had had a roofing company who had told us that, hey, you guys might have room to um, file an insurance claim. There's a little weather incident that came through, and that might help you with some of the roof. So that morning, I actually prayed for the insurance claim. I was like, God, wherever that claim sits, on whoever's desk, <laughs> breathe your favor right there, all right? The reality is now what we know is that um, that claim was denied. It was of zero help um, because God was doing a different thing. And so I prayed that morning. About 45 minutes later, I was driving down Highway 80, passing by our new space on my way here to the office, and the phone rang. And uh, the phone call was from a guy named Al Brumfield. Now, you don't know Al, but Al is the brother of Lee Brumfield, who God used to help us purchase the space that we're in, also the guy that we lost um, back in February of 2021. And Al is his older brother. Al lives down on the coast. I talked to Al at that point one time in my whole life. And it had been almost two years before that moment. I didn't even know that Al still had my phone number. And he called me, and we began to talk about life and, and what his life had been like without his brother, who was also his best friend. And uh, he began to ask about the church. He said, how's the church? And I said, well, Mr. Al, I said, if you're talking about the people, because that's what we call the church, I said, it's good. I was like, man, we're baptizing people. God's bringing new people to our family. So if you're talking about the building, the structure, I said, it's tough. I said, we're trusting. God's going to provide. We're still okay, but it's a long, long way from where we need to be. He said, well, you, I know you guys probably need, still need a new roof. And I said, yes, sir, we do. And he said, well, you know, on our side, the storage choice side, he said, we've replaced the roof that um, put a new one on there. I said, yes, sir, I saw that. He said, I think you guys probably got quotes from the same companies. I said, we sure did. I said, but we're, we're so far from being able to make that happen. He said, well, Brian, he said, my brother, he said he loved Jesus. He said he loved Jesus' church. And he said he wanted nothing more than for people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And he said, in the moment that he met you and Josh and heard about the exchange, he said he believed that was happening. That's why he wanted to purchase that building with you guys. And uh, he said, so what we want to do um, through Lee, he says, we want to give the church a roof. Paid for in full. And uh, I did good to keep my car between the lines on 80. <laughs> And I rolled up here to the office as we were ending that phone call. And um, I mean, just speechless. I communicated to Mr. Al as much 
gratitude verbally as I could in that moment. And I walked into the office, and Josh was the only guy here at that moment. And I just, I dropped my bags outside of his office. And I just sat there with a guy who's walked with me for 10 years, but two and a half years of watching this thing. And, and he knows all the, all the ups and downs. And uh, we sat in his office together, and we, we prayed, and we cried, and we just celebrated the kindness and the faithfulness of God to, to work miracles, to do things that we do not understand. Over the next few weeks, or a few days after that, we began to go back and forth with Mr. Al about what our roofing quotes had been and what he might be willing to do and what that gift might look like. And on October the 11th, a few weeks after that, um, we got a check in the mail and I held in my hands a check for $900,000. That's where I've been living too. <laughs> and just that response of gratitude to God's goodness. He's, he's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. And um, so over the last two months, I mean, our, our staff team and those who've been a part of helping make decisions, we've, we've been living in that place of just like, where I hope you end today. Holy cow. God, you're so good. And so I'd love for you just to hear from Josh and Jerry some of what God's been teaching and, and showing them. Uh, Josh. So I already heard that news once today already. I'm emotional again. Uh, and it wasn't new news to me. I already heard that news before. Um, <clears throat> but it's such a reminder every time. And it's just such a tangible reminder. And Brian did. He walked into the building and he poked his head in my door and he said, can I ruin your day in the best possible way? And I'm like, absolutely. Please, please come ruin my day in the best possible way. Um, and I just... I sit here in this moment and I go, you, you, don't, you don't know the roller coaster of emotions that the journey has been. And, and maybe that's to the good and maybe it's not. I, I can't necessarily quantify that right now, but in, in our attempt to protect the ebbs and flows of how this has gone, sometimes on a highest of highs and the lowest of lows within hours of each other, then we've chosen to just protect you guys from what the everyday is and help you see the highlights of the miracles of what God's done over time. And so to say that my, my doubts were high, <laughs> uh, that would be a fact. Um, to reiterate what Brian said earlier, that we were absolutely dead in the water, that, that would be accurate. But to try to put into words what this specific gift in this specific moment means, and I, I just have to pause because at some point in all of the hundreds and hundreds of conversations that have happened over the last two and a half years, I just began to identify this void in the middle as the God gap. Because it didn't matter who or how or when or where or what we were going to do or how we were going to streamline this or what the analytics said or what the logistics said. There was this void that existed in the equation that made no sense. And I just started calling it the God gap. And so to, to physically, tangibly hold a check in my hand that represented a massive portion of that God gap reminded me, bolstered my faith. But here's what, here's what it did for me personally. It reminded me, God, thank you that you were kind and you were gracious and you were generous to me because oh, how quickly I forget the great 
and wonderful things that you have done. And I immediately went back to God's chosen people, the Israelites, and they saw the miracles of God, and then they forgot. And I go to the disciples that walked the face of the earth with Jesus in his ministry, and they saw what he did in miraculous ways, and then they forgot. And then I had to look in the mirror and I had to go, I'm no different than they are because how quickly I see your faithfulness, how quickly I see the good things that you do and how quickly I forget. And so for me, it was just this moment to remember, man, God, you are faithful and you are good and you are kind. Here's the reality for me. You ready? I'm probably going to doubt again. I'm probably going to get frustrated again. But the same gracious father that reminded me in this moment and many, many more before and many, many more to come, he will be faithful to meet me where I am. He will meet me in my doubt and he'll meet me in my uncertainty and he'll meet me in my fear. And he'll remind me that he is faithful and what he has started, he will finish. Because to hold that check was a reminder that my timing is not his timing. In my way, not his way. And so I had an opportunity then to go, okay, God, as you continue to write the story of the exchange and the fabric of the greater story that you're telling, and we get to live this thing out for your glory, oh, what you might do, right? I mean, to have our faith bolstered in that way that God has not completed yet what he plans to do, but he is continuing to tell a story that we get to graft ourselves into and be a part of. Man, faith upon faith. Wow. All I can say is, wow, that's what I said the day I heard the news. I thought, who are we that we get to live in Ephesians 3.20? that says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly more than we could think or imagine. We put God in a box sometimes and forget just how big he is. And then he shows up and shows out. I had not been um, praying big enough. I was praying really hard for that insurance claim, just like Brian said. Come on through. Come on. Come on. I was calling them and pestering them every other day, anybody I could get on the phone. I was also praying, though, that he would make this all happen in a way that it could only be him so that we could truly see that. You know, Josh talked about holding that check. Well, that was a thrill, it really was. A $900,000 certified check. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, oh. And then the responsibility and the burden of it hit. And I thought, oh, we gotta get this to the bank right away. (laughs) So I called ahead to make sure they had room for it, right? right. <laughs> I mean, $900,000 on a Monday morning, who does that? But they assured me that they did, and they were tickled. I really called them to get advice on what would be the best place to put that, what account would be best. And they advised me to put it in the account. We had our now measly 200000 in, so when we dumped that 900000 in there, they said, we can up your interest rate by 
three quarters of a percent. Now, if you have $100, that doesn't make a lot of difference. But with $900,000, that makes a huge difference. Just another miracle. That's right. Miracles on miracles. You know, one of the, um, one of the joys of the responsibility that God's given to, to me and to us is that I get to walk this journey with my family. And so on the day uh, that the, what we're now calling the Monday morning miracle, on the day that that happened, uh, I got to look at my 10-year-old son, and I got to tell him the story. He's a really good secret keeper. <laughs> and I said, you know, buddy, I said, we get to read the Bible, and we have for all of your life, and we get to read about how God parted the Red Sea, and how God made the sun stand still, and God raised Lazarus, and God did all these miracles. And we read that, right? And we talk about it in kid life and little life, and we're like, man, that's so crazy. Like, how could God ever do that? I said... But we always ask those questions. Why not us? Man, why can't we see God do stuff like that? And I said, we don't get to read the Bible like that anymore. We don't get to do that. Because we're living in a modern-day miracle where God's done beyond what we could have ever imagined, what we could have ever understood. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. And so over the last couple of months... Um, and we've done everything that we physically know how to do just to express our gratitude because we think that's right and biblical um, to a family that has meant so much to us and has now literally um, changed our lives. And so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we've got a picture. That's my wife and I. I got a chance to go to lunch with Al. Uh, that's Lee's brother and his wife and his daughter um, down on the coast. And I got to look across the table from a guy I'd never met. Right. And I got to lean in and say, hey, on behalf of our church family, thank you. Like, you, you've, literally, you've changed generations. Like, people that I won't even know will be a part of the exchange one day. You've changed them because of your brother's love for Jesus and your love to continue his legacy. And so, man, we've, we've poured out our gratitude because God's a miracle worker. He's poured miracles on miracles. And uh, really, man, that's, that's what we wanted you to hear today. That's what we want you to leave, man, just in all, where we've been living for two months. Uh, there's been a lot of days where I've been riding down the road and just kind of shaking my head. My wife's like, why are you shaking your head? I was like, I just thought about it again. <laughs> and I just, I don't have any other response. Just blown away. Um, now, at the same time, and I don't want you to leave that moment, but at the same time, I realize when you hear a, a mount like that and you're wanting to know what's happening next and your age-old question, when we moving in, okay, uh, I don't know yet. Right, I still don't know. Um, there's a long way left. Okay, there's a long way left, and construction's very expensive, all right? And while we celebrate that gift, it, it does not cover everything, okay? Um, there's a lot left to do, but I do want you to know, just so you can leave from this moment, of, over what's been happening, what now, what does that look like, so that you have some knowledge. And so, Josh, why don't you talk about just what we've been doing over the last couple of months and the last season um, so that's trying to move us forward? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been trying to be as intentional as we can be to partner faith and wisdom in, in making decisions. And that's been from the beginning. But obviously, as Ms. Jerry said, when you receive a gift in this amount, I mean, there just comes a level of weight and responsibility with that that you want to make sure that you're being the wisest steward possible. Um, and so some of you will remember, some of you attended um, back in April of this year. We held a Q&A with an update about Project Old Main New. And one of the questions that was asked, one of the perspectives that was given was, what would it look like to invite other voices to the table, people that have appropriate skills and knowledge of the inner workings of how all of these different facets come together in making a decision about something of this scale. 
And then we went, that's, that's true and good and right. And given the opportunity of all the transition that Brian alluded to earlier, we're like, man, this is, this is the moment to be able to lean in and do that. And so um, we have implemented what we've called a building finance team. And, um, and that is made up of voices from within our church family. Um, these are people that have accounting backgrounds and entrepreneurial experience um, that are really helping us look at all of the different angles associated with decisions that will be made moving forward. And so these individuals are now partnered alongside our advisory board and our staff lead team as we communicate and dialogue about what is the best right next step. Um, and so, and I would say, if you have not had an opportunity to meet the members of our building finance team, I would encourage you to meet them. I'm going to tell you their names. Uh, I would hope that you would interact with them and just pray for them. Understand that they're carrying a great weight on behalf of our spiritual family um, to make wise decisions moving forward. And so those individuals are Natalie, Michael, uh, Jack Smith, Mark Powers, and Kevin Langford. Um, so if you're not familiar with those people, we would love to point them out to you and let you have a conversation. Um, but even beyond that, man, just trying to have healthy conversations about wise next steps. And so we've invited in a financial consultant. Uh, his brain just works in the ideas of interests and investments and how it multiplies and what it does, all the things that makes my brain melt. He, he thinks very clearly in that way. And so he's been an asset for us. And also some other individuals from our faith family that have <clears throat> ministry experience, but also just have age and wisdom um, that are being helpful in us trying to see every angle of the decisions that we're making. Um, we want to be able to maximize the impact of the gift, if we're just totally honest. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Uh, we, we don't want to squander something that God has trusted us with. Um, and I believe that you would, you would be um, in, in agreement with that. The last thing I would say is Brian alluded to the partnership between Mike Turnbow and a parent construction company and how we were kind of doing an outside-the-box approach. Man, God has been faithful to provide yet again an opportunity for an in-house contractor with the proper umbrella and covering uh, to be able to lean in <clears throat> when the moment is right, when we feel like it's time to press go. Um, and we feel like we are communicating with the right people right now. We're talking about estimates and we're talking about timelines within the context of our faith family, that when it's time to press go, and we believe that these people have the heart for Jesus that is required for the journey ahead. They have the passion for this house specifically because they are a part of this faith family. And we believe they have the knowledge and the skill to be able to do the job well. And so when it is time, man, when we feel like it is appropriate and wisdom allows us to take the next step, and we feel like this thing is going to take off, and we're really, really excited about that. Mr. Jerry, earlier you talked about just how our operating budget was working in partnership with, those, uh, with the funds for the building. Why don't you give them an update on what does that look like over the last season? Our finance team has worked long and hard. They've sacrificed so many hours on this. So please, as you see them, thank them and continue to pray for them. They have a huge job. We're in conversations with different roofing companies to get uh, updated quotes. And we've, of course, asked lots of questions, dumb ones most of the time. We've even learned some of the lingo. We could almost make you think we know what we're talking about. But we probably would put a blue tarp on the roof, okay? <laughs> I think that um, the most important thing is that we have sought that wise counsel all along the way and talked with people who do know about roofing and everything else construction. So that, of course, is the most important thing.
that we get the smartest answers there. Also, I'll end with a good note. I told you that we had been putting $9,000 into our building fund account from our ministry account. And we had to pause that in January because of you, because of your generosity, your faithfulness, and your obedience to tithe, to give, to Project Old Made New, your offerings over and above your tithes. Because of that, we've been able to start back putting several thousand dollars into that building fund account. So it's going to be growing and growing. Just another miracle. To kind of begin to land the plane for today, uh, we've always been in what we told you back a year and a half ago as we started Project Old Main New, we've been in a uh, faith-based approach, all right? What you are all used to, especially you construction world people, uh, is the traditional approach, right? When the bank or the restaurant or the hotel uh, acquires a plot of land, right? They write the check or take the loan and throw the slab and build the building and a matter of months later, they're in there, okay? And I realize many of you have gone, when, when are we going to get in there? All right. And I'm just telling you we're operating on a different approach. We're operating on faith. And uh, man, I remember when seven people gathered in my living room and we circled around one verse of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because we believe that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And here's what I want you to know above all things today. He's met us. He's met us in our faith, and he's done beyond what we ever could have had faith for. Because that's who he is. What does this mean for you? All right. You've heard news today, wow, big gift, all right, that's awesome. But what does this mean for you? Why would we have a day where we talk about this? Well, because I believe there's, there's really two responses for us, um, and the first one is just faithfulness. Faithfulness. I mean, I think about Matthew 25, and you've heard that story before, the parable of the talents. You remember how Jesus told that? And he said, hey, I gave one guy one, and then I gave one guy five, and I gave one guy ten. And a couple of them went and multiplied. They stewarded their talents. And then the one guy, he just went and buried his, right? And here's why I tell you that. Because if, if we're not faithful with what we have, and I don't just mean finances, but if we're not faithful with what we have, where we are right now, why would he ever trust us with more? Why would he ever trust us with more? In the parable, Jesus calls out the guy who had the one talent. He probably complained. He probably buried it. He probably made excuses about, man, I, I, this is all I got. I'm going to guard that thing. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you can be entrusted with a little and you can be faithful with that, then I can trust you with more. And so I'm just saying to you the reality today that why would God ever trust us with more people or more resources or more space or more influence in our city if we're not faithful with what we have right now? I, just, I don't think he is. Do I think it's a coincidence that this gift dropped in to our faith family in the midst of us baptizing 18 people across the last two months? I don't think it's a coincidence at all. Nope. I think God saw us being faithful to the mission that, hear me, is the number one mission of this house. As long as I'm your pastor, it ain't going to be about a building. God's going to use buildings because we've watched it. But it's going to be about people just like you and me coming to know Jesus and living out our obedience um, to him. So what does it mean for you? Let's keep being faithful. 
Let's keep being faithful. Now, we called today, what, miracles on miracles. We told you one. We told you some more earlier. What you don't know and what I don't have time to break all the way down is the rest of the miracles. So just buckle up for a second. Two weeks after I got the phone call driving down Highway 80, I was driving down the same stretch that is now my favorite stretch of Highway 80. (laughs) And I got another phone call from a partnering church of ours who said, hey guys, um, we're about to get rid of 600 cushioned worship gathering space chairs that are in great condition. Would you like them? That are in the neighborhood... (laughs) That's in the neighborhood of $50,000 worth of chairs. I said, well, let me pray for it. Yep, yep, we're good. (laughs) What you also don't know is that a partnering church of ours has given us in the midst of this journey a check for $100,000 because they believe in what God's doing. We've also received tens of thousands of dollars of furniture from a partnering church of ours. Some of it we're using in our building now. Some of it's waiting down there for when we get there. What you also don't know Is it back in October, our two years of insurance on our unoccupied building was coming to an end, and everybody told us, forget it, you ain't getting more insurance, you guys got to get in the building. If you do get insurance, it's going to be quadruple what you have right now. And we could have paid it, but it wouldn't have been any fun. But what you don't know is that God's a miracle worker. And not only do we have a now new insurance policy on the building that covers everything we got in there, but we're paying less than half that we did for the previous two years. Miracles on miracles. Just the journey of getting here, guys. Rejected by an owner, but then an option open. Not having a way to negotiate, God providing a partner. Us having no more money to bring to the rejected offer. And they say, here's 200,000 more. And if you haven't picked it up today, the flow of the story is that a man who loved Jesus deeply and who believed in what God was doing here, who's been gone for two and a half years, has now given our faith family $1.1 million. You tell me, yeah. You tell me he's not a miracle worker. That's why we don't flippantly throw that word around today. It's it's what we've experienced. It's who our God is. From seven people in a living room to a movement of hundreds of people in 11 years. From a free facility that some of y'all weren't even part of. A free facility that we met in for our first six months. To opening the doors of a school cafeteria that we were told wouldn't be an option for six months to renovating this space that we've been in for the last 10 years, renovating it at 11 months old for $100,000 and moving in debt-free. But best of all, over 280 people in the last 11 years publicly declaring their faith in Jesus. It's who he is. It's who he is. So what now? What now? As I was praying about this moment, even last night, man, God brought to mind what Josh mentioned earlier, and this is what I leave you with. We all have read the Old Testament. We've preached from it. We've heard the stories from it, right? God parts the Red Sea. He made the sun stand still. He made a donkey talk. And we read those stories, 
And we told them in Bible school, or we heard them in Sunday school, and we go, good gracious, that's incredible. God did that. Like, that really happened. But do you remember the response of God's people? They celebrated for a moment. And then what did they do? They forgot. So here's where we are today. God's done it. He has rained down miracles on miracles. He's done everything that he could do. And now you and I have a response to make. So we can be like the Israelites. Go, man, I heard an amazing story at church on Sunday. Let me tell you how much money my church has got, right? And then you can forget. Like in your own life, in the context of our church, or whatever church you're a part of, but God, you want this. And God, we ain't got this. And God, those people, listen to me. We can be like the Israelites, or we could be different. We could be different. What would that different response look like? I don't fully know, but I think it might look like this. God, you, you are everything that you said you are. And my mind cannot wrap itself around your full character. Like, I, I can't even fathom it. But God, because you are so faithful, I will respond with whatever you need. God, I'm going to be faithful. Find me as the wise steward. God, if you call me to give, I'll give as hard as that may be. God, you call me to serve, I'll serve. God, you call me to forgive, I'll forgive. God, you want me to trust you with my life, I'll do that. Because you're worth it. And I'm just here to tell you, I've been on the lowest of lows with this journey. And I'm telling you, he will meet you there. And he's faithful. Even when we're not, he's faithful. And so today, the response that I pray that you walk out of this moment with is gratefulness and faithfulness. Overwhelmed at God's goodness. Can't tell you thank you enough. Just, I hope you're sitting over lunch and you start shaking your head. Somebody looks at you, what's wrong? <laughs> you won't believe what I heard today. <laughs> and faithfulness. Whatever you call me to, God, I trust you. I trust you. No matter where you may be in life or in your faith journey, we pray today's time pointed your heart to what is true and gave you hope to hold on to. We want you to know that we are available and ready to pray for and encourage you as you learn what it means to get life in Jesus and give life to others as you live out your faith. To get a conversation started with one of our ministry team members, you can send us a private message or text your first name to 601-397-6111. We would love to pray for you and walk you through anything that you may be experiencing. You can find reading plans and other resources to help you take the next step in your faith on our website, www.theexchange.cc. As we close out our time today and prepare to scatter as a church, let us speak out our declaration together. We believe the great exchange took place when Jesus, who had no sin, became sin for us so we could know God. We exist to see people exchange their old life for new life in Christ and live out their purpose. Christ's love compels us to exchange ideas for truth. God's word is our standard. Selfishness for serving, we will serve others. Pleasing for reaching, we will share our faith. Keeping for dispersing, we will make disciples. Forgetting, for celebrating, we will praise God. We are the church.